Hey, what's up, y'all? Welcome to episode three of Break the State Podcast, part two of my discussion with Jay, the founder of Anti-State Apparel, and Ryan, the self-described insufferable smartass behind or else what on Instagram. All of their links will be in the description, so without further ado, this is Break the State Podcast, episode three. All right, what is going on, y'all? Welcome to episode three of Break the State Podcast. As always, I'll be your host, Dunk Limpman, and we are joined for part two with Anti-State and uh, or else what from Instagram, Anti-State, uh, Anti-State.net, the founder and owner of that, Jay, with us here, as well as um, our good buddy here, Ryan. Um, also from Instagram, as he put it, best known for being an insufferable smartass in the comments, which I think is pretty accurate. But again, his words, not mine. <laughs> so, yeah. So um, continuing on, um, I wanted to quickly touch on the topic of just kind of the state of the world um, mm. today with COVID and the riots, Black Lives Matter, the bo- the Boogaloo, and all of these different things kind of coming to a head with the election coming up. And 2020 has been a year. <laughs> so, you know, what uh, what are y'all's insights? What, what are y'all seeing where y'all are at? <laughs> you want to go first, Jay? Because yours is a little friendlier, I think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, this is, this is kind of funny because I – saving sovereignty posted a made a post yesterday like a four-piece post where he was showing uh subway travel in new york city and how he was being accosted by nypd for not wearing a mask and then how they continue to trouble him in violation of hipaa policies and stuff like that and uh immediately after i sent that to ryan i turned around and sent a video from a very good friend of mine, a musician who is playing outdoors at a local shopping center. And, you know, it's just continuous footage, uh, panning around and showing everything and him talking about the music he's playing and whatnot. But you can just tell, like, nobody's got a mask on. Everybody's walking around talking. It's just like a real social, friendly, open atmosphere. And it was just, and where is this? this is here in Georgia. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, here in Texas, I mean, pretty much everybody is wearing a mask when you go inside anywhere because it's statewide mandate still. Um, but outside, I mean, it's, um, I'd say it's, I don't know, maybe, uh, 60% aren't wearing a mask about 40% maybe are wearing a mask outside. <laughs> um, wow. you know, it, I see people walking by themselves or driving in their cars by themselves wearing a mask and, uh, yeah, that shit gets to me a little bit. <laughs> I mean, here it's here it's it's indoors. Um, you're looking at depending on the 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 property owner's policies or whatever. But if if there's no restrictions or anything, and people are just to do however they please, it's around fifty fifty indoors that are wearing masks. Mm-hmm. It seems like, but then once you're outdoors, like there's probably twenty five thirty percent of people at most. 
and even then like they have it down their nose is exposed or they're wearing it improperly or some other some other way that's comfortable for them so locally it really almost kind of seems like maybe the people read the box that the mask came in and (laughs) (laughs) what what is this in the box (sighs) well i mean if you look at the size particles that those things are meant to stop versus what the average and nominal size of coronavirus particles, it's just not, it's not enough. Like it's passing right through that, man. It's, it's. Yeah. The masks that people are wearing, even if they're wearing surgical masks or a piece of cotton, like are just not for protecting against what is going to happen for viral transmission. Like it's not sealed up enough to be able to contain what's coming out. And the only thing it's actually directly stopping is like what it was like, if it's a surgical mask, it was literally designed to stop a surgeon from getting blood in his mouth. Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't designed Mm -hmm. for anything really other than that. Mm -hmm. So like, if you're looking at that kind of flow, like that's somebody spitting on you. And like, I don't know where people were living before all this started, where it was okay to be spitting on people or like just sneezing in people's faces. Like, but that was never cool where I'm living at least. Um, and the way I was raised. So I don't really think that it makes sense to put this thing that that's all it's capable of stopping in front of your face. I think you were capable of, you know, holding back that sneeze while you're in somebody's, uh, space or, uh, if you needed to, do any like some spitting for some reason i think you would go somewhere where it's not going to go on somebody or into a public Mm. area if you had some manners to begin with um right yeah um you know the the whole mask thing it's really a trip for me because i mean in the beginning the you know the cdc and and who and all those um were telling us you know oh you you don't even need a mask you know really let's not not panic and buy all the masks because you're taking them away from the the doctors and the nurses that actually need them and you guys don't need them and then there was this whole flip to now mask 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 what do you guys think like you know what's the the goal here is this kind of like that's is this dehumanization oh that's already bingo there's been several (laughs) studies that have already been published um about the psychological impact of requiring people to wear masks and Mm -hmm. i would definitely encourage you to dig in a little bit of that and it kind of goes back to what we were saying in the last episode about compliance yeah yeah i just i definitely think about it with the mask too uh especially and where i'm at i can tell you mask compliance is at an insanely high rate Uh, i'm in a pretty uh left centered uh place in new york um upstate not in the city but uh still very uh blue voting section of new york state uh for those of you that aren't from new york or have never been here even though it's known to be a blue state, uh, most of New York is not blue geographically. Um, once you leave the major urban areas, most of the areas are red. Um, the section of like the county I am in happens to be blue, though. Um, and it's probably 90% or higher are wearing masks <laughs> even outdoors at this point. Um, mm-hmm. Indoors, it is damn near a hundred percent. I'm trying to think of when the last time I saw somebody else other than myself or my girlfriend inside of a business without a mask on in the last, uh, probably three months, um, when it's gotten pretty bad. 
uh, with just people being like, yeah, this is, this is what I do now. And they do. Um, so I still don't comply at every place that isn't a private business saying, uh, no mass, no service. In which case, mm-hmm. if it's a, something that I need and I can't get through alternative means, uh, I have a mask that's made out of like complete mesh. Like you can literally <laughs> see my smile through it. Um, and I put it on and I conduct my business and I have gotten zero pushback from it. Um, really? because it's not about the effectiveness, it's about mm-hmm. compliance and mm-hmm. that it really right. proves it every time that I do it. Um, that they really don't care about whether it's blocking things going through. They just care that you comply with what the man on the TV or their candidate said that you should do to be a good person. And they don't want to give up their righteousness. So they're going to every chance they get say, you have to, too. Mm-hmm. So, uh, on the rare chances that I do have to comply to be able to, uh, keep my life comfortable. I wear my mesh mask and laugh hysterically to myself at, <laughs> at watching these people. They're having shit fits over a mask being pulled down below mm-hmm. somebody's nose five feet away from me, but say not a word to me that they could literally see my beard hair coming through the mask. We, I got, I got to experience this myself and it, it was really interesting because first off with Corona, I was at Disney when all of that went down, like we were there the three days up until Disney closed and we were, right. we were walking around the parks and we've never wore masks. Like as a family, my seven year old, she absolutely would not <laughs> ever wear a mask. She refuses to do business with anywhere that requires it. And so, you know, we got to experience Disney and it was all kind of weird. Like people were, Essentially, at that point, the only people that you saw that were wearing masks were obviously Asian tourists who were already masks, were already in masks before they got there. So that that was all that you would see. But, you know, at that point in time, like they're talking about the virus can survive outdoors on hard surfaces for up to three weeks. I mean, not literally, but (laughs) these outrageous claims that pretty close to it though at the beginning, I think, I think actually the first that I saw was like 21 days and I'm like, what can hold up to 21 days of UV light? Hmm. Right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like somebody didn't actually study this. This is something that somebody threw out here. Come on guys. It sounded good. And so <laughs> I got that unique view and then, you know, we, we traveled back via car and that was interesting stopping at places and kind of seeing the, the hysteria and the fervor build you know as we're getting calls from the in-laws saying hey if y'all stop anywhere can you pick up some toilet paper everywhere's out (laughs) and we're like we're like what the fuck we stole like 20 rolls of toilet paper from the hospital or from the the hotel we're good to go (laughs) we had no idea it just was a stroke of luck um but so getting back to georgia um everything just kind of immediately shut down like schools were closed and just everything was kind of wild. And then in July, I got to travel to New York to go kick it with Ryan for a few days. And so that entailed, you know, going through the airport here in Atlanta and then flying into LaGuardia, which is filthy. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to New York York City. (laughs) That was an experience, bro. Um, but so just going through TSA and everything, you know, like to the point where 
here's TSA, like the people that are protecting us from the uh, <laughs> terrorists, um, AKA <laughs> a- FBI inspired. Anyways, um, <laughs> here are these people, like they're checking your ID and like most people are just, you know, completely their face, almost their whole face is covered. They're terrified. Like they've got, you know, the mask up in their eyes and shit. It's crazy. And they're like checking people's IDs, looking at them, mask on, no problem whatsoever. I mean, it's like, okay, so like, <laughs> which one are you more afraid of, Corona or terrorists? Like, what's going on here? And it, it was just kind of like a, it was kind of, it was kind of an experience because it was just like, wow, like these people really can't, can't buy into this. And then I get in New York and we're getting off the plane, and right before I got up there. It was kind of sketchy because New York State, what was it, uh, just enacted like their mandatory quarantine for people from like these states with a mm. certain criteria. And I had had my flight booked or whatever, but my state had gotten added to the list like right before that. Yeah, like, so, yeah, like a day before, right? It was like maybe 36 hours at the most before your flight. Then all of a sudden, Georgia comes up on a list. And you're like, oh, cool. Let's see what this adds to the trip. <laughs> it was, I mean, it was, you know, it was kind of like an oh shit moment because, like, you know what the government's capable of. And, like, they just implemented this program. So, like, how do you really know what to expect? And uh, I ended up going anyways. And <clears throat> I was in, at the time, like, literally, it was, they handed out a, a photocopied form to you on the plane that you had to turn in when you got off the plane. And literally it was like a large cardboard box that everybody dropped their form into. There's nobody verifying information or anything like that. (laughs) Uh, From what I understand now, it's not like that, but at this time there was no information verification. And, you know, I'm not going to say that i put down incorrect information on the form, but I can tell you like (laughs) they didn't have the means to really check it at the time. So, but I did, I did receive several phone calls um, from the New York state contact tracing program, which was pretty sketchy because, you know, if they can call you, there's a whole lot of other information that they can get about you, such as, whether you are where you're supposed to say you are and as to whether or not they had that capability, I wasn't really sure, but I knew that when they would call, I was in my quarantine location every single time. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't know about you, but I carry around a a tracking device. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And that's my point. And like, you know, I, I got creative with some of that stuff. Um, you know, I, I don't think I ever used it internet wasn't on a VPN and some other stuff to kind of maybe add some confusing data to anything that I was Mm -hmm. putting out, but nothing too intense, but getting up there and seeing how it was, it was like night and day difference. Um, you know, because July in Georgia, things had kind of relaxed down here. The governor had pretty much already, you know, said, Hey, you know, there's no crazy mandates or anything. And then I flew into somewhere that had travel restrictions and, uh, the, the town that, that Ryan lives in um, is easily one of the most beautiful towns in America. But the people there are absolutely horrified yeah. of yeah. things that are going on in the world. Would you agree with that, Ryan? 
Uh, yeah. Uh, most of them scurry around like little scared. I don't even know what's, but they're definitely very scared all of the time. Um, you don't hear laughter in the streets or anything like that. You just see people hurrying to get back to their car after grabbing what items they need from the businesses that they went to. Um, people really, I mean, we have indoor dining available now, but it's really not booming any place. Oh, it's not that, like the demand for when it I was there, like, nowhere had. No, you couldn't eat yeah, inside Yeah, we've gotten anywhere. it back since where you can eat inside, but you have to wear a mask. Uh, like I'm sure you've seen the memes about it where it's like the dumbest thing I've ever done uh, was yeah. walk into a restaurant and wear a mask until I got to my table and then sit down and take it off. Um, that's what the a lot of the restaurants are doing. Um, I can say I have eaten out quite a few times since that started, <laughs> sometimes with a roof over my head, sometimes without. I have not yet put a mask on to eat out. Um, I have done it a couple times to get items from stores that have a mandate, but restaurants, I tend to, uh, where there's restaurants, there's another restaurant right next door. There's free market competition. So I'm willing to roll the dice on being kicked out. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> so I have not yet passed up and just walked into every place that I have and I have not gotten pushback, uh, to the point where I've gotten kicked out from any place. I did have one bartender just uh yell the word masks at me my girlfriend and uh the couple that we were out with from like 20 <laughs> feet away with no other contacts uh and all four of us were not wearing masks after having coming into the door and we're walking past no tables that were occupied um by anyone to go sit down and he just yelled the word masks at us and nobody listened and then sat down Idiot. so that was good. but <laughs> Brian really showed me an experience while I was up there when we went to the bagel spot um yeah because yeah because you and i walked in there and we were the only two people in that entire place that didn't have masks on our face yeah and this is like early july oh it's still like that up there yeah like every place is still masked up every place Um, see that's just mind-blowing they're still not Forcing there though i can still go to that bagel shop and go without a mask and no employee or anything asked me to do otherwise. And uh, I generally have a really good conversation <laughs> with somebody who's wearing a mask while I'm waiting for my bagels. I have so it's really, really positive experience. I have the best interactions with employees at businesses that I frequent because I don't wear a mask anywhere, even the places that require it. Um, you know, if they want to come and say, Hey, you're going to need to put a mask on or leave, dude, I'm leaving. Exactly. I'm out of here. But otherwise, like it's a suggestion as far as I'm concerned if there's no enforcement, come on. Like, you don't even have somebody saying anything to me about it. I never put a mask on. Never, never, ever. My local grocery store, mask required, mask required. I've been in that place, what, twice a week <laughs> for the last month, and I never wear a mask in there. Nobody ever says anything to me except for, hey, sir, how are you today? And they have the most engaging conversation with me because they're ecstatic yep. to see a happy, smiling face, somebody who's not, you know, covered yeah, up. Same here. Uh, right. the places that I can get away with it, I generally get a really positive response. Mm. It's super polarizing, like depending on what the atmosphere of the general clientele is, because it just takes that that loud minority to turn the crowd someplace, um, even if the ownership of the building doesn't necessarily have a strong position about it. Um, but I have found that most of the time when I'm out without a mask on, it's a pretty positive response from 95% of people, even though most of them, if not all of them are wearing masks around me at this point. Even when businesses bring it to my attention that 
you know, they're asking people to, to wear masks. I, I stole my, my line from Ryan. Um, <laughs> you know, my response to people is, I'm sorry, I have a medical exemption. Thank you for your, con- mm-hmm. thank you for your concern. And I'm very, yeah. I'm very genuine about it. And I always say it with a, a genuine smile because I do mean it. Like I, I appreciate their concern. Now I just want to go on about my fucking day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was doing that for a while uh, before I had the mesh mask and it was still uncomfortable to like breathe through a mask. I was doing that exact, uh, exact line and any place that would said that was unacceptable I was out of the same as you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now that I have this mesh mask, I think it's hysterical to, uh, to walk up to them. I need one. Cause my biggest thing is like, you can't see my mustache if I'm wearing a mask. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> In this one, you will. It'll, yours is strong oh, no. too. It'll poke through the, uh, through the holes pretty good. I think. Perfect. Uh, I wish I've had the Instagram pulled up to be able to tell you where, uh, where I got it from. We'll have to, uh, I don't know if you got like a show notes or anything going dunk, but I can probably get you the link at a later date for anybody that's interested in them. Yeah, definitely. I'll put that in the, uh, I'll put that in the description for sure. <laughs> and I think tieback, if I remember correctly, my girlfriend told me the woman who makes them is a homeschool mom. So oh. supporting homeschooling nice. okay. and getting to kind of stick it to the man directly in their face <laughs> with oh, your yeah. non-compliant compliance mask. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I mean. Here in Texas, uh, I don't think I don't think that many people are really. A lot of people, I think, are really just ready to go back to normal, which apparently that's that doesn't exist anymore. But um, you know, a lot of people, as soon as like the restaurants started opening up, and it's still the same thing. Like you said, you have to wear a mask um, before you go sit down or what have you. But man, the restaurants are flooded. Um, you know, business businesses are, are booming down here. Um, you know, people are, are out and about all the time. And I think the people that are afraid are just either at home or you see them, you know, masked up with gloves and all of those things still. Yeah. still you still see a few of those and uh, those are always fun, fun to watch. Um, you know, anybody that comes near them within a, you know, five feet or, or what have you, they kind of skirt off to the other direction. And it's, yeah. it's pretty entertaining, honestly, but kind of scary kind of sad at the same time so yeah sad is the word i would use for it like it makes me sad to watch them all doing it around me like i could see it being funny when they're the minority but now that it's become the majority here it's just sad to walk down the road Mm. with a a smile to to keep a smile on my face while i'm watching such a huge amount of them scurry away from a smile is uh is sad that we've come to that point yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, when this whole thing first started kicking off, I was, uh, you know, I went to HEB. Um, that's one of the local places down here in Texas. It's kind of like our uh, our own personal Walmart, I guess you could say. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of the people were, were very um, kind and, you know, it kind of brought people together, I think, a lot. You know, people were very, um, oh, excuse me, I'm so sorry I got in your way, you know, like, uh, you know, just you have this very like the sense of community, the sense of like everybody kind of coming together and being polite and, you know, kind of like we're all in this together sort of thing. And, you know, that, that quickly went away. (laughs) Um, once people, you know, once the, the real lockdown started and, um, you know, this divide and then of course the, the protests, um, you know, protesting the masks and everything. And it obviously became a, a bipartisan issue. Yeah. Um, so that's fun. 
you know, as everything as everything does in this country, it becomes a, a left left versus right and has us kind of stuck in the middle arguing both sides. And it's almost that makes like me so happy to hear. <laughs> it's not just there. <laughs> yeah, What's that? that? No, it makes me happy to hear that you had that coming together time because I can tell you in New York. I cannot remember that together time really ever happening. We were pretty much at each well, other's throats from the TP shortage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it was short lived. It was it was right before the the toilet paper thing. It was just you know right as it was really starting to happen, and people you know you could see people running out to the store and stocking up. I, I was one of them. I'll, I'll admit, um, yeah. you know, stocking up on on uh, canned foods and rice and all of that good stuff. And um, mm-hmm. you know, you I don't know. It just it felt like everybody. It, it was kind of like. Um, people uh, i've heard the same description as you know after 9-11 i was kind of too young to really have felt that as much i was in the third grade um then but um people described have described it as you know after 9-11 people really like kind of were more neighborly mm-hmm. towards one, one oh, another yeah. and uh, i kind of i felt that a little bit here but um you know like i said it, it wore off pretty quickly well um, as because soon as the yeah. nature of everything is that the danger comes from other people so, mm-hmm. you know, the, yeah, of your neighbor. the news media doesn't have to say, you know, fear your neighbor, fear your neighbor. But, you know, if you tell them, <laughs> oh, man, think about the statistics they told us early on about how deadly this shit is and then how deadly it turned out to be. Um, right. We were but, told two million people mm-hmm. not a con- it was going to be a conservative number. And we got 200,000 with like super sketchy counting. <laughs> and everybody's like. <laughs> going like this is the worst thing that could have ever happened and i'm like it's like 10 percent of what you thought like the minimum was going to happen was going to be you shouldn't you be happy about that like they don't want to like somebody told you there was going to be a hurricane and instead there was a light breeze and you're like whoa that breeze was chilly wasn't it i think i'm gonna die (laughs) you know like a lot of things that government does um they're only going to rectify things or take corrective action enough to maintain some thin veil of credibility and not, not any more than that. So, you know, regardless of what happens, uh, are there going to be a bunch of government funded scientists that come out and be like, guys, yeah, we probably should have actually applied the scientific method and I don't know, tested some of these hypotheses before we told you (laughs) all of this stuff and shut down the economy. But, you know, Timmy, you didn't need to eat Thanksgiving dinner anyways. I mean, it's just (laughs) there was there was a lot of judgment that was made off of very unscientific data. And I don't Mm -hmm. think that they're ever going to come and say, hey, yeah, we screwed the pooch on this one. But at the same time. I can only hope that a lot of people kind of woke up to see how things actually are in the scientific community that, you know, they will consistently put this information out and tell you that this is how it is. But when you actually go to start researching it, it's not even a theory. It's an untested hypothesis that somebody came up with 50 years ago, but we don't lack or we currently lack the the technology to be able to measure or, you know, test or whatever. And here you are, you're taught your whole life that this thing, this something is a fact that there's a scientific fact. And when you actually really start to dig into the science behind it, you realize that these, it's all theories that the stuff is based upon. So it, I think Mm -hmm. that. 
things like that are good to kind of get you keep your mind sharp and get you to kind of question things and kind of think outside the box. And I hope that the events of 2020 have been significant enough to kind of wake up some sleepy heads who maybe didn't want to see things that, you know, the way that they are. Yeah, I think, um, I, I hope you're right about that. What worries me is that a lot of the people that I would hope, you know, would, would have woken up are instead, um, you know, just jumping on the Trump bandwagon or, or what have you, you know, um, or, or, or the, uh, the other way around with, with Biden and, uh, his uh his cop lady friend there um how do you how do you guys feel about um you know with the with the election coming up and all of these riots they seem to have kind of all of that seems to have kind of slowed down i don't know if it's just the media not talking about it as much but well, um, i do know one thing about riots they are corona proof yes well as long as they're for the right reasons exactly yeah you can't catch coronavirus if you're at a left-wing rally true (laughs) very true it is oddly oddly politically specific yeah yeah that was my favorite when uh you know the guys that were going out there um what is it uh virginia where they had the big gun rallies um earlier this year and it's you know in the middle of the lockdown and people like oh you're going out there you're you're killing our grandmothers and all this shit and then they turn around and and go protest for black lives matter and that's great you know protest the police i'm all for it but the the hypocrisy and the double standards just blow my mind Um, i had i had a lot of customers uh, a lot of anti-state customers, a lot of followers uh, attend those events in Virginia. And mm-hmm. wow, the showing that those guys put forth was, uh, it was good. Like you could tell they were definitely having fun. I think they were definitely representing everything really well. And then to see how things have gone since then, like to see how these protests have devolved into violence and property destruction and you know you take that into the scope of those those earlier protests in virginia and it's just like wow you guys really did a good job (laughs) (laughs) if the metric is not burning down the fucking city you guys did great right and it's like they're not even burning down the right buildings i mean you're burning down target you know go 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 burn down the federal building i'm not gonna (laughs) complain about that Oh, did I say that out loud? I'm sorry. <laughs> FBI has entered the chat. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. It's not something I haven't already said before. I'm just saying. I mean, if, you know, you're, you're targeting the wrong people. You're mad at the cops, and you're you're burning down AutoZone. Like, what the hell did they do to you? Well, yeah. to be fair, I'm pretty sure that a cop set that AutoZone on fire. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <clears throat> Umbrella man. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, oh, yeah, and, I remember that video. And that was a good one. That's something that you know. Once stuff like that kind of comes out and people put two and two together, isn't it interesting how that shit goes away? Yeah, all, all of the yeah, all of the burning down buildings and all of that. That's definitely something that's uh, subsided for the most part. I mean, I think what the last time we really saw that was in Kenosha. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And even then, I can't even. I can't even possibly fathom how people can confuse the act of criminals for the acts of protesters. And I think that that's one kind of, can you guys still hear me? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, You guys are so quiet for a second. I thought I lost you. (laughs) Um, But 
train wreck. Uh, you're good. Uh, you were talking about um, the difference between the way that people see the protesters and, and violent Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, that's that's really the thing that's going on is that all the protesters are either painted as, you know, left or right or whatever. And people really want you to perceive them that way, that, you know, these people are out here committing crimes, whether it's arson or, you know, whether it's other violent crimes or property theft or whatever, they are taking the acts of individual criminals and attributing that to the mass of people that are protesting, whatever it is that government's fucking up at that time. Right. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's partisan politics. That's very dangerous. The news media has got, the news media throws that spin on it every single time and you, mm-hmm. it, they're never going to stop doing that. You only come across that perspective in an in independent media. Like, Hey, there are these guys out here that, you know, they don't agree necessarily agree with everything on principle, but they're out here to support based on this. And I think that that's something that, you know, needs to be highlighted a little bit more. Um, I think that we saw uh, a lot of libertarians, a lot of guys get involved in everything that was going on in Seattle. And I think that they really kind of expected a lot more support up there than they actually got. Um, because the, uh, the, the Chaz or the Chop or whatever mm-hmm. they called it. Yeah. But I think the people that were expecting some sort of support didn't necessarily realize that they were uh, they were expecting support from somebody who they've been advocating against for years you know and like i can understand the hesitancy and you know the whole sticky situation but generalizing entire masses of protests people that are protesting the government generalizing them by the criminality of individuals is just wholly ignorant there's there's no way that you can logically justify that. People are definitely going to take advantage. Criminals are definitely going to take advantage of that environment in order mm-hmm. to do what they were probably going to do anyways. And then to attribute that just to the protesters, I mean it, – yeah, I mean it's it's you know it's pissed off you know eighteen year olds that come out of their you know <laughs> their parents' basement to come burn some shit that they don't even really care about the actual you know message or the you know what's actually going on. They just want to take advantage of this uh, opportunity to get some new Air Jordans or whatever. Mm-hmm. And yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I follow I follow a girl on Instagram who she actually she was arrested. I'm not gonna really go into details or whatever, but she was arrested for inciting a riot because she was on snap or on IG live or something pretty much. Hey, smash that window. Hey, grab me those shoes. Like, I mean, it was just, it was kind of crazy. And I tuned in for all of that and kind of got to see it. And I was just kind of blown away. And then I didn't see anything else about it. And then it was really funny. It actually made drudge report a few days later that she had been arrested. So, And the reason that it was significant is because they, they actually like traced everything back specifically to her just based off of something that had been like screen recorded and shared to them. So there was some significance to it or whatever, but just kind of seeing how everything's played out uh, with the, with the riots and protests, I don't necessarily think it's anything, the type of unity that we've seen like 
in Hong Kong, for example. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not <laughs> even close. <laughs> Absolutely not. And I think a lot of that is because even within the liberty community, there is there still exists a significant divide between people of you know left ideals and and right ideals. And I think that that's a little bit of statism bleeding into our community. And we've seen that it, it either gets ostracized appropriately or those people go somewhere else pretty consistently. So, you know, everybody likes to complain about libertarian infighting, but what, <laughs> what, what better way to ensure adherence to these principles of liberty? than to you don't keep the grass cut short the snakes get in that's absolutely correct bro you said that the other day and that hit home because i mean that's that's the entire point man like i have no problem correcting people you know if you're sitting here asserting that you know government is the the solution for some sort of problem i would challenge you to trace that problem back to its roots and look at what legislation created that problem and kind of think around how that need could best be served on a free market. And I think that that's one of the big things that I run into with, uh, what are we calling them? Lefties. One of the <laughs> things that I run into with lefties is, you know, anti-states kind of overall, it's, it's nondescript. It doesn't say anti-socialist, which I mean, let's be honest, probably ought to, um, because <laughs> I reject essentially all of that. But I see a lot of people that they seem a little bit confused and, and they think that, you know, here's this guy that's operating this business and operating this, this uh, Liberty based Instagram account. Um, you know, he must be not nonpartisan, but the fact of the matter is, is it, it doesn't have anything to do with left and right. It has to do with the strict adherence to principles of Liberty and, mm-hmm. you know, forced wealth redis- redistribution is not ever going to be something that I'm able to get behind. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. 100%. I mean, taxation is theft. I mean, that's basically like the founding, you know, the founding principle, um, you know, non-aggression. So, well, I would say do unto others would be really the founding principle there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's fair. I, I have such a, I have such a hard time, um, you know, with like, in regards to like, you know, self-defense, if somebody breaks into my home, I have no problem putting, you know, putting a few bullet holes through them. But when it comes to, um, you know, to the, the do unto others thing is, is that, you know, it kind of, it, it sounds kind of like eye for an eye to me sometimes. And so I kind of wonder, you know, like in a, in a stateless society or, or just, just what, what's morally justified, you know, is it morally justified to kill somebody, you know, a year after the fact of them, you know, committing murder? for instance, or, or what have you, I think, you know, those are some interesting questions that I often ponder is, you know, what, what right do I have? Even if this person has done unspeakable things, what right do I have to, to take away their life? Um, and you know, do I have that right? Well, essentially, I mean, to a degree and within reason, it would be up to the victim in part to decide what would make them whole in that instance. Um, so, you know, the least amount of force to to permit that to happen would essentially simply be the ideal there. Um, 
how we can achieve that in a stateless society. I've read a lot of stuff about how courts and market, uh, how courts will work on the market. And it's really interesting. And it certainly seems superior to what the injustice system is that we're dealing with today. You know, this, <laughs> this system that, you know, people are like, Oh, I'm going to change it from the inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let me, let me know how that works out for you, bro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The free staters have been trying that they haven't gotten very far with that so far. So, but then again, I mean, they do have the, uh, what is it? Anarchist, uh, Satanist transsexual that's uh, about to, possibly win the Republican or as a Republican for a sheriff and, uh, and Keene, New Hampshire. How so. do you label yourself an anarchist and find yourself on the Republican ticket? <laughs> so I don't know how much you know about, um, the free state project. Um, these are the, they have this thing where they have 20,000 people that, um, sign their name, basically saying that they would all move to one state, um, in the hopes of having liberty, liberty in our lifetime. So basically this goes back to like 2014, 2015. It's the uh, same. It's like, it's like 18 years old at this point. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. So people are moving out there. I mean, they've had a lot of those guys out there. I listen to, to free talk live. It's a radio show um, that's on every night and I listen to them pretty often. They, so they're based out of New Hampshire and all those guys are free staters. And um, so, so Aria, um, she is the, you know, she's the transsexual um, anarchist Satanist uh, hosts um, on their, uh, their program couple nights a week and so she what they do up there is they they run as either republican or democrat a lot of the times because it's so hard to run as a libertarian um they have you know all these different restrictions as far as um you know ballot access and all of this so it's easier for a libertarian to run as one of the other parties and so the reason that she chose to run as a republican was because there was nobody else that had signed up you know put their name in the pot so it's 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 hilarious because all these Republicans voted for somebody that they don't know a goddamn thing about because if it had said, you know, on on the on, if they had gone to the polls and it said, you know, here's this person that's a transsexual satanist anarchist, uh, do you want to vote <laughs> for them, you know, for your nominee, they would have written somebody else in, but because it's just a name, they just mark it off. Well, there's nobody they're running unopposed, so I might as well just, you know, check off the box. And so she's been pointing out to a lot of people like, you know, this, you put me here, your lack of, you know, your lack of research, your, your self-imposed ignorance has put me in this spot. And now, you know, I'm rooting for her. I hope she, I hope she wins um, against the, the incumbent uh, Democrat. He's been there for, I think like four terms and uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I think she might get some of the left-wing vote and um, you know, maybe some of the right-wingers will still be stupid enough to vote for her, even though they, uh, <laughs> they, they, they should know They've better by this far. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> That's really interesting, man. No, I, I did not. I think I'd seen a news headline or something uh, about her, but didn't really look into it too much. Certainly didn't realize uh, where her political leadings are. And I'll certainly look into that some more. Sounds interesting. Yeah, it's- yeah, it's pretty awesome. She's she's uh her her platform is fuck the police. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds she, familiar. Yeah, 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 and so she and she won as the Republican nominee. So yeah, we'll see what happens in November. I but, think um, fuck the police would be a good good topic of conversation. Yeah, 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 definitely. That's uh 
that's one of my favorites. <laughs> do you think uh, <laughs> you think we would be able to get into this, get into that on this episode, or you think we would be able to get into that on another one? I think we're gonna have to actually wrap it up here. Um, we are coming up to. Yeah, it sounds like a topic. Yeah, it's, it's definitely gonna be a topic for another day. Um, I have a hard one hour limit um, on my podcast host, so um, and I got to get back to uh, to my lady. She just got back in town, so uh, give her some uh, some time. <laughs> so, of course. Well, let's let's definitely let's set something else up. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, somewhere. I appreciate ha- uh, having you guys on here. I am struggling through this um, podcast thing. It's kind of interesting for me. I'm, I'm kind of learning as I go. So, you know, everybody uh, bear with me. And I, I appreciate everybody staying through to the end if you're still here. Um, I think, uh, <laughs> no I think Jay and Ryan kind of held that <laughs> up. So <laughs> appreciate that, you guys. And I definitely um, <laughs> hope <laughs> I definitely hope that uh, I can get you guys back on here and uh, have some more conversations. Uh, definitely fuck the police. That'll be a good one. Uh, for next time so cool well thanks for having me yeah definitely man um any last words um jay you want to plug your website um anything else that you guys want not at not at all man like i (laughs) really like i'm i'm really looking forward to uh telling telling my followers about this and let my customers know about this because i want them to come check out and see what you're doing um I definitely think it'll be some good exposure for them to kind of hear normal dudes talking about this and not people with some crazy agenda, but just people with some hardcore adherence to their principles. And uh, I think overall, it'll be really good, man. I'm excited about it. Uh, I've never done anything like this before. Uh, Ryan, have you ever done anything like this before? No, I've never been a uh, podcast host or guest. So this was the first time for me as well. I mean, I I definitely would like to do this again. Just getting a chance to talk and to both of you has been great. And yeah, uh, 100%. I think make let's do get us on for the next episode too, man. Yeah, no doubt. Um, <laughs> yep. Break the state podcast every other Tuesday at 9 PM Eastern time <laughs> um, for those uh, that are listening right now we had a little incident i told these guys to be on at 6 30 not realizing that they yeah. uh, excuse me ryan is actually in a different time zone so again i do apologize about that ryan <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah that's well, cool. you, go ahead yeah uh, jay you're in my time zone though too right yeah, yeah we're in the same or are you over? No, no, oh you guys are in the same time zone yeah you're the odd man out right Dude, I don't know. Dude. I went to public school, man. All right. Give me a break. Yeah, they, they teach you about, about longitude. All right, guys. Well, I'm going to sign off here. Um, I appreciate you guys, and uh, you know, be sure to check out Jay and Ryan on Instagram. I'm going to have all of their links and everything in the descriptions um, everywhere you can find this podcast, as well as YouTube. Um, appreciate you guys. Have a good night. You too, bro. Take, Take it easy, man. Thanks for checking out Break the State Podcast Episode 3. If you enjoyed today's podcast and you want more content from Jay and Ryan, be sure to give them a follow over on Instagram at antistate and at underscore or underscore else underscore what. You can also find all of your liberty-oriented shirts, hoodies, stickers, patches, and more at Jay's website, antistate.net. That's A-N-T-I-S-T-A-T-E dot net. 
I definitely look forward to having both of these guys back on very soon. So stay tuned to my Instagram at Break the State Podcast for updates on future episodes. And of course, all of the mediocre Liberty memes your heart desires. Uh, You can also find me on YouTube where I post each episode of the podcast the Friday after its original release. And finally, if you want to support this podcast, you can do so by going to anchor.fm forward slash break the state and clicking on the support button. That's anchor.fm, A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M forward slash break the state. There you can also find links to all of the sites where you can currently stream this podcast. So that's it for me today. Thank you for sticking it out to the end. And remember, compliance is not a virtue. Peace. Peace.